you are listening to episode 36 of the Waitin' Since Last Saturday podcast. On this episode, the guys discuss how good Terry Godwin is for Georgia, what this victory over Penn State means for the Kirby Smart era, and Will goes on a rant against the NCAA for having the college football playoffs on New Year's Eve. Here we go. Will? Yes. Okay. Now we're gold. Now we're gold. <laughs> Hello. All right. There we go. Now we're gold. Sorry about that. I think Mark Rick has lost control of our podcast. It's true. It's true. It's true. Uh, I think that happened a long time ago. Yeah. Exactly. Um, part of the mutiny, I suppose. Um, I, wow. Yeah, exactly. We'll get into that. Um, first off, hello, hi everyone. Post game, post game podcast, post game podcast. It's been nice to. Have, it's been a while since we had a post game podcast. I'm here with uh, Tony and Scott. Tony, you were the only one of us that were there because you are not uh, weak like we are. How was it? It was awesome. We had a great time. I took a couple of the kids and my niece. Uh, my wife and I went, and it was it was a fun crowd. We. Uh, you know, I'd say, I think they announced crowd, what, 53,000, is if I remember right, which, you know, in the stadium um, is is actually a, um, you know, that holds 70-something thousand. The upper deck was mostly empty except for almost 50s, um, and I'd say probably 60, 40 Georgia fans, if I had to guess. But, you know, we actually tailgated next to some, some Penn State fans for, who were awesome. We uh, we sat next to some, some Penn State fans who were awesome. I think they were just happy to be not in Pennsylvania, a sentiment with which I can agree. And um, it was a good time. I mean, yeah, of course, it's like all games this season. It came down to the last minute and it got nerve-wracking, as it does. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. We'll talk about the ending of the game eventually. Right now, let's talk about the good things. I uh, have Terry Godwin fever. I want him to now play every position next year. Oh, no, no. I, I sent a hashtag out uh, right after the pass. You know, good one for, for, good one for quarterback 2016. So uh, it's very exciting watching that play develop because everyone in the stadium knew what was happening. I mean, we could see it unfolding because, you know, they were running. We were sitting right by the red coats, and uh, they, he was running. Uh, uh, Malcolm Mitchell was running right down towards us. I mean, right in our direction. And it was it was a glorious play. It was so well executed. Uh, it, you know, and here, hey, he now he now has the longest completed pass play of the season for Georgia. Oh, wow, oh, that's amazing. That is amazing. I'm going to try not to think about that. Um, is it amazing? Is it? It's, it is. Yeah, it's actually not amazing, which is maybe the most depressing part about it. Uh, uh, Scott, what did you think uh, uh, watching this one? I found it. You know, I I know a lot of people were kind of losing. They're getting very frustrated and losing their minds toward the end, which I think is less about this game and more a, and more a spillover from everything that's been going on. Certainly, I know this game didn't mean anything, but you know it felt like it just sort of felt like a win, felt like a nice punctuation point on the end of a chapter as opposed to an ellipsis that a loss would have been. Well, I don't know what the word ellipses means, but um, I, I'm sure – I'm sure it's appropriate for the context you put it in, but um, I had a good time watching it. I'm with Tony. I thought it was fun. I thought that, you know, I was correct in my prediction because watching them snatch on Snapchat, I thought that they were hyped up and kind of loosey goosey for the game. And it kind of showed how they came out. They were tight at first, but once they got that, that first touchdown pass from Godwin to uh, Mitchell, it seemed like it kind of opened the floodgates for a while. And you thought like, Hey, wow, we're up by three touchdowns. This is going to be easy. But then, did y'all start feeling like I did because they completed it on a fourth down? I was like, this is like Tennessee all over again. 
um, after that fourth down. But luckily, we held on for the win. Yeah, I think it's worth knowing that Penn State. Yeah, I thought I don't know how hurt Christian Hackenberg was. I think he was. I really don't want to come back and play the rest of this game hurt. <laughs> to be entirely honest with you. Oh I yeah, think- no, he completely was. Where? Hey, hey, somebody call me Shay and find out where I am. Um, <laughs> because I, I really think he was like, man, if I so past fifth, I need, I gotta stay, and that's not an option. Yeah. Yeah, he was ready to go. He was ready to leave. And I think that may have been the best thing to happen for Penn State because the, the quarterback was someone that actually wanted to play. And, uh, and you know, they caught a lot of breaks. Like, I didn't really feel – I know this would have technically been a collapse if they would have lost it. This did not feel like Penn State, like, taking advantage of some weakness or Georgia or some sort of massive lapse. They, they, they caught a few breaks. They had a couple of ridiculous fourth down plays. They had a couple of things like that. And I know these are usually the things – that cost Georgia throughout the season and make everybody crazy and the type of thing that gets your coach fired after 15 years. Uh, but for it, it was, you know, one thing I thought you said, Tony, in our, in our preview for this was it's nice to have a stress-free game. And even when it was getting tied at the end, like, I, A, I still thought Georgia was going to win. And B, if they didn't, you know, it didn't, it was, it was nice to have it not matter too much. Yeah, I think that's the way I felt. Um, I never... I'll be honest, I never felt like we were going to lose until they uh, converted that fourth down uh, there uh, right before the the, uh, the last set of fourth downs. Um, I really felt like, okay, Georgia's going to win this game. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And then suddenly it felt that way. I'm like, wait a minute. We still have Trace McSorley in. And he, let's give McSorley credit. He got yeah. the ball all the way down. I mean, it was a solid 75-yard throw in the air, or maybe a 65-yard throw in the air. Um, but, you know, thankfully, we had – I have to assume we consistently practice knocking the ball down now after uh, after what happened to Jordan Hare a couple of years ago. Um, and, you know, the, no more prayer Jordan Hare. Uh, I, I think actually who was it, Floyd said that maybe, uh, or maybe one of the Carter. Um, you know, I, it was stress-free, especially once we went – I, I felt, you know, very much. After we went up 10-3 – I turned to the Penn State people, and they looked at me and like, well, this is upper. <laughs> so, uh, and that's the way I felt after that. It really did. You know, I don't think you can um, emphasize that point enough. You know, think about, they're down, what, a handful, half of their coaches, and they coached them up enough to let Lorenzo Carter and those guys that were back there defending that Hail Mary to know to knock it down because what do college kids want to do? They want the limelight. They want to try to intercept it. And they did exactly what they should have been uh, doing back there. And, you know, it made it just an easy uh, victory right there. Yeah, one one thing, you guys give, you know, Jim Franklin legitimately is taking a lot of heat for his in-game coaching. I thought he did a good job in the second half. He, he didn't try to do too much with McSorley. He let, you know, he let McSorley make uh, make the throws he needed to make. Uh, they did a great job exploiting, the again, the right side. It's the house of horrors at Everbank. You know, running off the edge, but you know, give give Penn State credit. They fought back in a game where it felt like Georgia's offense got really uh, stagnant. Um, Predictably so. I you know, I guess you could have figured Georgia was going to try to run the ball to to run the clock off. Uh, I would have preferred to see something different. Uh, I would have thought Lily would have wanted to do something different just because it's a little bit of an audition for him. But the fact of the matter is, we won a game and we got the ten wins. Will yeah, exactly ten wins. Everyone's happy. Even like this is this is the nightmare year. This is the nightmare year where everything falls apart and the whole thing explodes, and he's still got ten wins. And I'm over. I'm you know what? I'm I, this is my little resolution for 2016. I'm not gonna. I'm 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 just gonna accept 
the way that uh, the expectations that Georgia has and not lecture Georgia fans on how they should lower them. I, I, I'm fine. I now, once the move has been made, I have made my peace with the fact that this move has been made and this is what people want. So, therefore, these are now my expectations. Fine. I'm yeah, in. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Hey, I'm disappointed in just 10 wins. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It still sounds ridiculous to me. Yeah, I know. And 40. I think 40, we talked about this last night. They they the seniors ended up with 40. Over four years, which is nuts. Yeah, well, it, and these seniors deserve to go out that way. I, I think you know, and I don't know if you had put aside any time uh, to, to look forward. I, you know, I think it also set a good example to the younger guys, who a lot of them are going to get some playing time next year. About you know, kind of what expectations, desire, and, and what it really means to get those wins on the field. We, you know, there's a tendency to to overreact to these bowl games a little bit. I mean, frankly, there was a school of thought that thought that one of the things that helped Rick uh, a little bit going into this season was that bowl game win uh, so convincingly, and it, it it bred some good feeling with the program that uh, uh, some might argue the program had not earned. Uh, and we saw the results of it this year. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I do think there is something to say about the narrative power of an otherwise meaningless bowl win. Um, to me, when I have a takeaway from this game, from this game in particular, moving forward, you know, it's funny. Like Terry Collins, a nice little tool to have, man. He's like, uh, uh, I, I feel like we we don't really talk about him with for everyone. I mean, obviously, we know he's a talent next year, but we don't talk about him coming back as like one of those main guys. But you know, one of the things that's really cool about <laughs> rooting for Georgia is that you have all of like there are these players everywhere and there's and everybody goes too deep and there's these, there's a guy like Terry Godwin who can have a game where he's the most dominant player in the field and they're not but they won't be counting on him for something every game next year. He'll just be this wild card that can do that. To me that makes him a uh, it was a we saw a lot of that this year, but I think this was a good little emphasis of what he's going to be capable to do and what a fun little tool in the uh in a quiver in the arrow belt, uh, an arrow in the quiver uh, of, um, of what they're going to be able to use next year. Yeah, I think they should uh, have Terry Godwin change his number to four on the offseason, and he could just kind of replicate what Champ Bailey did, what, 15 years ago for Georgia, and maybe put him in at uh, defensive back. He's amazing. Alright, so last thing, I, we don't have to go too far into the future, because this is just a, a little, a little wrap-up podcast. How did, you know, it, it, how weird was it? You know, I, I like after this one. So the two coaches that are staying... Are Rocker and Sure and and Sure is that it? yeah Sure, those guys are Sure yeah yeah. Obviously, we you know we we may talk about the national championship game later, uh, but you know those guys staying this really cool thing for McClendon that he gets this win and now he's gone. How do you feel with this? You know, there's a lot of discussion of this is. You know, they even I think McGarity was interviewed after the game. They talked about how like this was how I wanted to finish this. Now we're ready to start the new era. Do you feel ready to start the new era? Did you think this was a good way to say goodbye, really, to an era of a decade and a half? Well, I mean, the more snarky among us would say this was a, a perfect wrap up and amalgam of Rick's entire career. You know, we jumped out to the big lead. We had a big lead. Looked terrible in the middle. We ended up winning uh, what some people would call a meaningless bowl. I'm not the more snarky among us. I think you're. I think that's a very good way of looking at it. Um, you know, it's going to be very interesting. And in, in you alluded to kind of what expectations are. I, I've kind of shed the notion that the Georgia Way is a thing, uh, and it's funny how that's almost like been a theme for the podcast through the year. Will, uh, especially with with you, you use lecture. I say speaking truth to power. Um, but you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we. we <laughs> 
Kirby Kirby Smart has the most direct walking marching orders. Uh, I saw a friend of mine on Facebook actually said that's the most direct and clear marching orders uh, of any any new head coach. Win everything, win it now, or be gone. And and that's um, people can disagree with me about that, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's just that's it. That if, if that's what we, if that's the program we are, then he's got to do it. And you know, I, looking looking backwards. I think we are. Uh, I think the win in the Gator Bowl is a very nice win for the the players. It's great for the program uh, because let's be clear, that was the first close game in the bowls in probably two weeks. So, uh, you know, whether people want to be, and I saw a lot of people making fun of, of the game and how quote unquote ugly it was. It was still entertaining, regardless of what it was ugly. It was Penn State, Georgia. If you watched either team play during the season, that was exactly the game you were going to get. Yeah. One happy thing, I, I, we, I guess we can close with this. I am a sucker for little historical records and stuff like this. And this win, uh, coming into this game, Oklahoma, Penn State, and Georgia were tied all-time for third all-time with 28 bowl wins. Georgia now moving ahead 29. They are four behind Southern California and seven behind Alabama. I don't know uh, uh, Alabama, for what it's worth, that CF, the college football semifinal does not count as a bowl win. <laughs> I feel like it probably should, but it doesn't. So uh, seven behind all-time, four behind. I like, I like, to me, for those people, if you look at the top ten teams – Look at the top ten teams in all time bowl wins. The only one that doesn't have a national championship is Georgia. So that's worth it. Well, wait a minute. Winning the Cotton Bowl doesn't count as a bowl win. Winning the oh no, they they, they call it. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. You're correct. I I'm incorrect. They did count that. So if they win next week, it won't count as a bowl win. I think that's right. I think that's right. Oh, okay. I think that's right. That's right. So that does count. So, but it's worth doing. Of those top ten teams, the only one that doesn't have a national championship is, in fact, Georgia. So let's uh, go see if we can make that happen. Well, I think it's mighty nice of you not to bring up the semifinal playoff uh, overnights. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I know. Scott and I traded some some messages. Back and forth, and he and I were both having a big time. And uh, I know, I know, you were particularly thrilled, but the overnights were really not good. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then they tried to to prop them up. I said, "Well, the New York Six, the New York Six, the New York Six was all fine." So. Yeah, and I felt bad. I have a lot of friends that work in ESPN, ESPN PR, and I felt bad for them because they're they know they're selling a turd here. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but like they know they're selling. They know they know. Like they're not stupid. Like they know that. Yeah. Uh, that's off the record. It's not like they're telling me that that, that they they would like that to be out uh, on the record. But certainly, you know, they know that the ESPN could have sw- would have loved. This is not ESPN's fault. The fact that no, the games are on New Year's Eve, yeah, 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 they would is not their fault, and we are still looking at three of the next four years and four, and six of the next eight years of these games being on New Year's Eve. I and I have to say, you know, I don't like judging things by television ratings because it feels it, it turns everything into a pluralistic thing rather than a quality thing. But I do think that. The, it's it's impossible to look at a forty percent drop and not realize they got to do something. And the question is whether they will. And then and to see the spin already coming off of that, I think is a pretty good sign that we're not going to have a switch next year. And we're going to go through this again next year, and we're going to have the same complaints. And we're going to find. And it's funny how we already have come full circle, and we're doing exactly what we did for the last thirty years, being like, "Why is the system like this? Why can't it be changed?" And we're reminded why it took so long for it to change then, and why it's going to take so long for it to change now. 
Yes. Will, was it was it your article, Will, that I read, or it might have been someone else talking about how ESPN was so desperate that they had Sage Steele out yeah, there, Ryan Seacrest? That was mine. Yes, yeah. The poor, <laughs> my my favorite thing that Sage Steele did, I, and not to quote myself, but my favorite thing that they had or kept doing because I was watching all day. But again, you know, like everybody else, I had New Year's Eve stuff. I had to get my kids and 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 you know and 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 so on and whatnot. But my favorite thing they did for poor Sage Steele is. This is literally something I've been watching sports. You guys have been watching sports your entire life. I've been watching sports for uh, the number of sporting events I've watched. This is the first time I've ever, and I suspect we'll ever see again, constant cutaways to a massive crowd of people who are not watching the game. Right. <laughs> like, like right. That's, that's really amazing. And Sage Steele, again, she is, I actually think she's really good. I think she's a very ta- she's very talented. I think she's very uh, very good tel- uh, very good personality. That's a tough job, and for her to for the, bless her heart, she kept having to go out there and say, "Oh yeah, I see tons of people watching the games on the Watch ESPN app. You just see them out there in Times Square." I'm sure their phones have been dead for three hours. They haven't peed in eleven hours. The idea that uh, uh, they they and you know they were advertising the game on Disney Junior and General Hospital. It's a mess. It's a mess, and uh, and ESPN can't do anything about it, and so I feel bad for them. But I hope this is one of those things. To me, this is a great, great reminder of how power, how much, how little they care. Is how little they care about. Uh, this is why it took so hard to get a playoff in the first place. It's why we thought we had a playoff, and we thought we had this thing all set because last year was so perfect, and now we're getting a sense of of why that is not that that's not the case. Rant over. Yeah, what Will said. Yes. So, um, all right. Well, hey. So, are we going to try to do a show on uh, on on Wednesday or not? What do you guys think? Yeah, let's do one. I think we should. That okay with you, Scott? When's the next Georgia basketball game? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. We, we we would come over after the game, but it would be a li- we probably wouldn't be there till like nine fifteen or so. Is that too late? Of course not. All right. Well, in that case, we'll be there at midnight. That'll well, work. I yeah. just, just wanted to tell you, we almost did the double last night. We came really close yeah. to going down to Kingsville for the basketball game. Probably for the uh, best. Probably for the best that you didn't. Well, yeah, after after watching it and falling asleep while watching it, I was really happy we didn't. Yeah, that was that was probably the worst game they played in 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 since the, not even the Kansas State game. Probably since the Chattanooga game, they were they were pretty terrible last night. Can we can we get one mention to that TCU Oregon game? <laughs> just how amazing that was. If anybody watched it. That was crazy. Yeah. Well, that's that's a perfect example of what happens when you crawl up in a in a shell, uh, and that's that was the complaint on on Frost all along is that he he would get leads in the season if defense wasn't good enough to hold him. Yeah, that's that's pretty serious though. Thirty one nothing to a loss to a loss with the backup quarterback is yeah. uh, is yeah. is pretty serious business. All right, well, all right, well then uh, we'll do a show. Uh, we'll do a, we'll do a general pre college football playoff because now I guess now doesn't we'll, we'll discuss this on the show obviously we were I think we were all rooting for Michigan State in that game just to get Kirby smart here though I have to say it's difficult not to feel kind of good <laughs> about how that defense looked in that game because they looked fantastic so um, all right well then we'll we'll preview the show on uh, we'll preview that on Wednesday but uh, mostly uh, bowl game win 10 victories go dogs go dogs go dogs, go dogs. 10 wins all right, safe travels, uh, Tony. I'll see you at the game Wednesday. And, Scott, we'll just come over after the game. Yeah, that'll right. work. Looking forward to it. Cool. This is Jack from the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. Head on over to iTunes where you can rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a question, hit us up on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Happy New Year, y'all. Go dogs! Sick of- hoo, 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 hoo.